open-ended question. Um, so we'll have you do that. Um, so I'll probably put Emmanuel or Jaime on the spot for, for what is leadership. We'll see which one. Uh, I'm sure y'all will come up with a beautiful answer and dialogue. Hopefully the audience does too, because we're going to dive into a bunch of books. Uh, all right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. So if you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. All right. Hey, hey welcome in, everybody. Hey, how <laughs> are you? <laughs> welcome to Vision Pros Live. We're happy to be here, obviously. Um, and we are going to be talking about leadership and becoming what we call a lighthouse, right? Shining your light to help others make it to the safety of the shore um, and being that light on a hilltop. Whatever analogy you want to use, we've got an awesome opportunity in life to be leaders from the very start in our lives often. Um, and as we grow, um, we need to learn principles of leadership that guide people more purposefully towards uh, whatever whatever we are inspired to guide them towards. Um, that's kind of my take on it. But I'm going to put Jaime and Emmanuel on the spot. Both of them are leaders here at First Class Business, leaders in life. We were attracted to work with them because of their leadership prowess. Um, you guys got to meet Jaime yesterday. So We'll hear a little bit about Emmanuel is, and then we'll put him on the spot to, to talk about what is leadership. So, <clears throat> Emmanuel, first off, uh, thanks for being here, man, and, and tell us about yourself. Let's hear uh, let's hear about you for two to three minutes. All right. Well, uh, my name is Emmanuel, as Jackson mentioned. Thank you, Jackson, for uh, bringing me here today. So, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, grow here in Colombia. I'm from Colombia. I also had the opportunity to. Uh, study English and uh, an academy, right? Uh, for around two years. After that, I become a um, social media agent in a company uh, here in Colombia. After three years, I become a team leader, and I've been in this amazing role as a leader uh, the last four years now. So I'm being really excited and thinking about a lot of possibilities and the things that I can contribute to the company and to people as well. So. Here I am. And you've been with us for how long? I've been in, in first class business for around five months now. Uh -oh. and to be there. That's right. <clears throat> so I've been in leadership for several years now. He's been in first class business for five months officially. And it's also Emmanuel who, unbeknownst to me and some of our team members, he actually recruited people to our business before he joined our business. Um, he was... Uh, working with uh, Sebastian and him had been friends. Sebastian's worked with me for well over a year and they were mentoring, ultimately masterminding. And we're going to be talking about the value of masterminds and the value of mentors. And uh, as it pertains to leadership, you know, where do you get your advice from in order to lead? One of the things that I learned super late, 
right? And I, I was I was a pretty terrible leader for years, to be honest with you. I may still be. That's not mine to judge. That's more Jaime and Emmanuel and other team members to judge. Uh, I need to go to this side, actually. Um, but it's, you know, in all reality, um, I've worked very, very hard on my leadership skills the last, I would say, four to five years. Um, and in the process, I learned that the best leaders, I learned this quote, the best leaders are the best followers. And I was like, what? You know, that that seems like a paradox. Uh, you know, it seems like a, a oxymoron. I mean, how, how could that be? Um, you know, that's well, obviously, you know, great leaders are learning from other great leaders. Right. They have somebody that's teaching them where they want to go or what they should be like in order to inspire other individuals. So I was really glad when I finally learned that principle. Um, it's glad now I've, I've followed it in some areas of life, but I could be more diligent in that regard. But let's digress a little bit. Amanuel, what is leadership? How do you define it? Well, that's a, if you got a comment, comment on it. Let us know. What, what does that look like? Let's take <laughs> me off screen too. All right. Well, for me, leadership is something really big, you know, because uh, leadership is the ability to inspire people when you have some influence and you guide others towards a common goal or vision, right? So I will say that's like, how I can define leadership right now. So I also want to ask Jaime, he can he can also. Uh, so leadership can require or can benefit from having a common goal with those who are following, right? Good, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Jaime, go ahead, man, let's put you on the spot. Yeah, well, I, leadership to me, uh, because leadership has so many meanings also for, for me. And I like that word lighthouse. Uh, to me is that person that is always shining the light on people and also guiding them towards like moving forward and i also greatly believe that followers can also be leaders at the same time like you can obviously always exchange that role with other people but it's basically pulling someone forward pulling forward and then also at that moment when you have to follow continuing to follow in that person you're also being a great leader by following. So it's basically striving to move forward, either people, a goal, or anything that you have your set, that you have set for, for either your life or your business or, or whatever. To me, that is love that. I love that. You know, it's really unfair for those of you who are Lord of the Rings fans. Um, Sam gets the credit for this. Uh, for doing exactly what you're talking about. That's usually where they gravitate towards talking about Sam helping Frodo, you know, make it to whatever he's doing with the ring, right? Um, and Sam's helping support him. But in reality, who's Frodo helping with this? He's helping this uh, Gandalf, right? That's his name. Like, so Frodo gets gets peed on by people and they're like, yeah, no, he needed all the help. No, no, no. He's helping somebody too, right? There's a leader beyond him as well. So you're absolutely right, Jaime. The the followers, it's oftentimes to lead, and sometimes it's their job to support and build up and and to even guide the the person who's got the the leadership hat on, so to speak, if you will. So very well said. And this all ties back to being a vision pro because as a visionary, right? If you've got a vision that you want to get out there, you've got to be able to inspire people to move forward. And one of your greatest secret weapons, right? We call it a secret because most people just don't know it, but it shouldn't be a secret is having a common goal, sharing that goal with those who you're hoping will follow you. And you've got to be willing to 
except the fact that not everybody's going to want to follow you on that goal. So there's also a big difference between a leader and a boss, um, right? So pulling that up, leader versus bosses. What's the difference? Uh, how would you define them? Feel free to, again, contribute your own comments. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this scenario. So what is what is the difference, guys? What do you guys think? Uh, well, I will say that a leader is a person who guides people and who knows how to uh, share his vision, right? Because a boss is a person who only is just giving instructions. It doesn't matter uh, how they are going to, to do or how they are going to fulfill uh, or be able to complete the, the instruction. That's what I think definition. So, I like that. So the, the leader guides... Gets right. down and, and dirty, gets in the mud with the rest and boss, of them. And, uh, and boss utilizes force. Oh, go ahead. I mean, you were cutting out. I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying, like, to me and the way I, I, I can imagine it and I can, like, express what Emmanuel said is basically the leader is that person that is down in the trenches also with his team and in the mud. And then trying to get them out and trying to get them to a better uh, scenario. While the boss is the guy out there just simply saying, come on, you got to get out of the mud. And not getting dirty and, and, and getting people out. Uh, that That's kind of a definition that I would see from what Emmanuel is saying. Yeah. It's like basically enforcing rules and just uh, going I think through that's authority. What, that's a shared paradigm in the world. No, go ahead. Keep, keep going. Okay. okay uh, all right. So uh, what I was saying is that it's just going uh, through authority and control instead of just uh, focusing on leader, the people, guiding them uh, with respect, encourage creativity and innovation things, right? What a boss is uh, doing is enforcing rules and maintaining uh, maybe discipline that inspiring or motivating their team. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one. Um, I agree wholeheartedly that that's how most people view a leader versus a boss in the market. And I think that we do each other, we do them a disservice by allowing that to continue to be the mindset related to both. I personally, I don't like being called boss, um, right? You know, I, I, nobody in today's culture that has a heart really wants to be called boss um, because you know the negative connotation that exists with it. However, there is a healthy paradigm where it's very important to be a boss. Um, you know, and, and again, anybody that's into like the no consequence parenting stuff is probably going to hate me for saying that. Um, but in, like if my child is running towards the road, right? And there's oncoming traffic. It's my job to control what they're doing and to pull them out of harm's way and boss them, right? And I, obviously I should lead them and guide them and teach them on a regular basis too. But sometimes we as human beings are more obstinate than that. We need somebody to prevent us from doing things that can hurt us. A lot of times the boss is a person who's actually most in the trench, 
right? Again, we think of the commander who's just lazy and fat and sends his soldiers to war and doesn't go with him, right? When we think of the boss. But what I think of is I think of Doc Rivers, the, the Celtics basketball coach, um, you know, and, and some of the other coaches in soccer and elsewhere, their job is to command their team. Their job is not to go out on the field. Their job is to, of course, earn the respect of their soldiers. So their soldiers will do the behaviors necessary to win, but you don't necessarily benefit from these older, less capable coaches going out on the soccer field and trying to show you how it's done because their time has passed with that. But even if their time hasn't passed with that, it's there. there's still, there's a mix that goes on there. It's very important to, uh, to, for a healthy culture, a healthy, healthy championship culture, to recognize that there's a time and a place for a boss, right, to take action um, and, and to boss. There's also a time and a place for both parties, just like a leader. Sometimes the leader themselves is leading the way. Sometimes the follower is the one who leads. Sometimes it's the boss, right, who's got the title of, of a boss level that's bossing. Sometimes it's the follower who needs to step up and boss. Let's talk about that. What does being a healthy boss then, a healthy enforcer, let's call it, what does that look like? Can that exist? I I believe it can. And actually, you, you brought up a, an excellent point. Like, boss is always related to a negative term, but it isn't. Like, you can be a boss and you could be an example of a boss. You could be a person that drives people forward. And you can continue being that boss because it's necessary in some positions. There's people that simply don't have enough experience and they need that person to either push them that way. And it may be at sometimes against what they are feeling at a certain moment, but it's necessary for them to go that way so that they're able to open their eyes and see things from a different perspective. So I do believe there is a healthy way of saying boss and it is related to also having that boss that is a leader at the same time and that is able to transition from one role to the other and move people forward a great example of this guys is cynthia our director of operations or as we call her director de operaciones um right she only speaks spanish she's our chief operating officer um and we were talking one day about some helpful guidance. Uh, we were trying to figure out how to help Camila uh, specifically with her internet um, and what we can do to, to help her become more proactive. And <clears throat> I'm talking about sending teammates over to help her with the process. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going the nurture route. And Cynthia, on the other hand, you know, who's again, following me in this process, she's like, no, Jackson. You know, she doesn't like challenge me in a mean way, but to get to the point, you know, no, Jackson, like we need to teach her how to solve her own problems with this and how to think through the scenario and how to do this, this. And, and she was coming at it from a more, more forceful angle, um, you know, and more proactive angle of making sure that Camila's empowered, not enabled um, by us and, you know, not relying on us to, to resolve the issue without her learning in the process. And so we we had a good discussion. It was a good 15 minute discussion where I was like, well, I can see that, but I can see this too. And she's like, no, Jackson, this is how it needs to be. And he needs to go like this or that. I was like, okay, well, I can see that. And, you know, maybe we can nurture here and there. And she's like, no, Jackson, um, you know, she really needs this and that. And I was like, you know what? 
why have you not applied for the director of operations position yet? Ultimately, <laughs> it's like you, you've got it, you know it, and, and you're here, you're ready. That's what led her to becoming chief operating officer. What she stepped up and showed me, she does have the capabilities to not only lead, but to also direct, which is more of that, that boss authority level uh, objective of, okay, here's the direction we're going team. We must move in this direction. That's a very important skill set to have. Um, so let's move on to leadership versus management. It's kind of a very similar category. So we'll spend only a little bit of time on it. But then, so if that's, uh, if, if there's options and opportunities for leaders versus bosses to coexist with leadership versus management, what's the difference between leadership and management? What do you guys think? Okay, I'll say that uh, the difference between leadership and management, um, leadership, uh, as it its name mentioned it is to lead people, right? Instruct them. And management is when you have everything like under control. Uh, you have your agenda, you have your uh, checklist, uh, you have everything that you're going to discuss with your team uh, in the in first thing in the morning. Um, yeah, I will say that it's for me, leadership versus uh, management. Great elements of that. Jaime, what would you add? Um, this is the, the same scenario for like the boss in my perspective because you are managing it means that you're also like on top of things you're organizing you're setting everything in order uh but you can also do that from a leadership standpoint so that that same conflict comes in into how of a good manager are you being and how are you using leadership in your favor to manage your teams, your time, or whatever you need to manage at the level of business that you're doing. I love it. Gentlemen, something important uh, to, to recognize in this scenario for all of us and everybody listening, this is so powerful. Had I answered this question before hearing their answers, my answer would have been a thousand percent different than what their answers guided me towards. But let, right. let's hear it. Let's, let's hear it. Let's bring it out. What would you have said? Or <laughs> I, I will. Um, and I want you all to recognize too, though, right? We're, we're not, as human beings, we don't just have one answer, right? We don't just have one angle. We have lots of perspectives. And so when we get to hear the perspectives of others, that enriches our own perspective, right? It, it becomes more, we become more capable of diving into the depths of what the answer can be. So you guys helped inspire me to think of one of my favorite books, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, as it applies to this concept. I'd never thought about it this way, but hearing y'all talk and then thinking through that book, I realized, wait a second, Michael Gerber uh, defines more or less that management and the idea of being a manager is based on managing the past, what has already happened. You're organizing what has already happened in a management role or in relate relation to uh, the management's day-to-day -day operations. You're looking at reports, you're dissecting what has happened. Leadership, on the other hand, I'm gonna steal this back. Um, leadership, on the other hand, to me is more about, yes, assessing the past, but moving forward, right? Leading, right? We're Leading is a process of going to a new direction. So it's almost future versus past, right? Oh, cool. Oh, now it's just me. So your leadership is the is what you're going to be doing in the future to guide your team or the plans you're making now to guide them in the here and now through tomorrow towards that victory march. Management is looking at, 
okay, what has happened? Did that work out in our favor or did it not? What opportunities can we can we move towards and what threats exist or weaknesses exist that we need to build strengths around? Um, so that's just another style of, of angle to look at these different terms from. And, you know, my, my goal and my hope for everybody who's listening to this is to take notes about what's important, what strikes you, right? What does your intuition tell you? What's your heart and your mind tell you about what it is we're putting out there as we explore, uh, you know, growing our capacity to be visionaries and leaders in the world? So let's see here. What are the bases for creating a leadership team? Um, I didn't write this question. I'm all for it. I have my answer to In fact, I'll go first on yep. this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. That was a feature for you. Look at my team bossing me. Good job, guys. Um, Y'all are doing this. So my, my leadership foundation, we have this mapped out, by the way, on the About Us page of First Class Business. Um, it's very important to me. You don't have to bring it up. We're going to do this from my memory. Then you can bring it up after if you want to. Um, but ultimately, we build with a foundation of love. It's very, very important. Our foundation is love. Then we have four pillars that are interchangeable in, in order. I like to go in the order of patience, persistence, consistency, and reliability. Yes, our structure on our website is backwards. Um, but when it comes to the staircase, if I imagine it as a staircase of developing attributes, that's really the order that I try to assess scenarios in because to me, it's easier to assess somebody's patience than it is to to assess their reliability. Reliability is something that unfolds over a longer period of time, in my opinion, versus patience is something that um, <clears throat> I can I can test somebody's patience by making them wait uh, for five minutes for a meeting, uh, for instance. Not that I'm per se doing that on purpose. I actually used to, though. Um, I used to miss our first interviews with people on purpose. And the reason why, uh, for particularly with sales teams, I would miss the meeting, the first one on purpose. Why? Because one of the most important skill sets that a sales team member needs to have is the ability to follow up, right? So if we missed the meeting and didn't show up, I wanted to see if the salesperson reacted, yeah. right? And oh, I don't work for this company and left. Well, I don't want them contacting my leads, um, right? Or I wanted to see if they would respond you know, like, where were you guys? I was on this call, right? They don't show patience, right? They show, they, they feel elite in nature. Or if they listen to understand by asking a good question, right? Hey, it was, you know, I'm honored to have the interview today. I'm sorry it didn't work out. Is everything okay on y'all's end? All right, that person, that's the person I want representing my brand. Um, you know, at least that attribute. We still have other attributes to test, right? That also showcases their persistence too, right? Can they do that consistently over time? Can they be reliable? Again, we have to have other mechanisms to test in place. But when it comes to the basis for creating a leadership team, to me, it begins with attracting people of virtue and people who are going to practice virtues. Uh, the art of foundation being love. Well, guess what? We all fail at that almost every day in some aspect. We're not perfectly loving, but we do strive to be. And part of the love process to me is also balancing love with forgiveness, right? They go hand in hand to me, forgiveness and mercy, right? Being able to recognize that, okay, while I'm imperfect and my team's going to be imperfect, are we going to continue to recover as we are imperfect? Are we going to work together to understand that, you know what, we're not perfect. There's going to be conflict that exists. 
do we make space, create space to be able to overcome it with each other? So uh, those those are what I would say for me are the basis for creating a leadership team that has a lot to do with, you know, forecasting as well. What what, what the elements we want? There's a lot of stuff there's no out there. Feel free to drop them in the comments. There's, there's a lot to it. But let's shift gears and let's go to based on who has glasses. Um, all right, your turn. Jaime. I want. I want to um, go. I want to go. <laughs> Oh, great. Go. Even cooler. I have the glasses now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I have something really cool right here. And for me, this is one of the bases to create a leadership team. Because uh, right here, we have the one-minute manager. And we're going to speak about that later as well. But I uh, just want to do a quick introduction about it. Uh, you Ooh, need that's to, our design. Uh, go, Cynthia. <laughs> Cynthia is the master of the of this design. <clears throat> so, guys, um, accountability is something really important. And accountability not only means to to have a bad conversation or a strong conversation with a person, right? When you speak about accountability, you need to make sure that you set proper goals, uh, that you also uh, have the the resources for the person to follow up, and you need to also make sure to continues continuously follow up with your team, so they can achieve their goals. What happens when they don't achieve their goals? Uh, you need to go back and reevaluate what is going on. You need to ask insightful questions to determine uh, whether to move forward. If you need to uh, set proper expectations about what is going to happen next, because after your answer, or you are going to restructure and explain once again how is the process going to be. So I think that accountability is something beautiful uh, when we talk about basis for leadership. So go ahead, Jaime. Love yeah, it. well, the, you want to say something, Jackson? Love it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I strongly believe that the base of everything has to be love as well. So that is that is something that has to be always laid down. And you have to be, um, you have to be open and you have to be transparent. You have to be authentic whenever you are in a team. So in order to build that team, you got to create the basis for you to have that same trust where you're able to tell people things that may be hurtful, but knowing that you're coming from a good place. You're not meaning to hurt them. You're meaning for them to move forward. So I think that's one of the also strong bases that you have to have when you're creating a leadership team and a team that is set for great results. Woo! That's awesome. I'm so happy. <clears throat> I love that you have that printed, Emmanuel. I uh, absolutely love. It. I'm honored, and um, you know, I'm gonna throw this question out there for you entrepreneurs because it is it's so empowering. Um, you know that to have a team that's as dedicated as you guys to what it is we're up to, and you're bought into the vision. It validates the vision, but it also validates our relationships. And uh, you know, you're. I can't wait till we're sending this printout. We're going to be doing this soon, by the way, for our clients, where they hit certain milestones, we're going to be sending them copies of these posters, um, you know, that we abide by. I've got one on my wall back here for the five dysfunctions of the team as well, as well. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, you know, and then there's, uh, you got that one too. That's right. Woo! Uh, and then we got our marketing funnel. I don't know if you have that one yet because, and it needs uh, redone. So I'm glad you don't yet. yet because that one, it just got some updates to it that are going to make it even more powerful to understand. So um, it, it's so cool. It's so rewarding to have a team that's 
really bought into the vision, you know, and, and you can't, we could fake that. Yes. I, I could tell Emmanuel, go print this for the show. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you can do things like that, but then you're missing the essence, right? Within the culture of like, all right, well, the byproduct of having people that bought in is that we're constantly challenging each other and helping each other live by these principles and making sure that we are aligned with it. So that's why also we don't have Leonardo here right now. Why not, guys? Why is he not here? He's enjoying life. <laughs> he is enjoying life. How much? How much <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> Leo's on what a two-week vacation? Two two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Awesome. Yep. And he was like, Jackson, can you send me my paycheck early? And I was like, sure. Um, you know, it's like, oh, all right, but be careful. Don't go crazy. Um, so, you know, but he has, he doesn't have a sense of fear to ask for that. And I love that. I really, really appreciate that. We, we want to make sure that we, we build an environment where we can honestly and boldly make requests of each other that are authentic and that help us move forward the things that are most important in life. Sometimes. That's the purpose and vision of, of Vision Pro's Live. Sometimes it's first class business. Sometimes it's Passion Pro. Sometimes it's Able Health. Sometimes it's our clients, but sometimes it's our home life as well. Um, and, and, you know, being a leader means uh, to me, it means recognizing that, um, you know, and, and honoring that. One of the best leadership books, and we'd love to know if you have a leadership book that you'd like to recommend or that means something to you, please add to the depths of our library because. I, I can't learn enough about how I'm supposed to show up and be my best self to guide the world. That's just my personal feeling on the matter. So I'm constantly looking and evaluating other books that I could add to the, to the list. But one I didn't add to our, <clears throat> our written list that you guys can add, good luck adding it because it's got a very long title, <clears throat> is you can't, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar by David Sandler, um, who has since passed away. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. It's one of the best sales books that's on the market. Always will be because it's built on principles. Chapter one has the ability to save many salespeople's lives. I'm not exaggerating on that. It does. When it's helping you understand the value of your identity versus your role, that is critical. There are far too many people in this world who get caught up in their role, feel like they're doing bad, and you know that it can lead. It can even lead to suicide, um, you know, and, and eliminating yourself because you don't understand your own intrinsic value. That book does an excellent job of chapter one of helping you understand your own intrinsic value and understanding that your value goes far beyond any role that you have in this life whether that is father, whether that is husband, whether that is brother, whether that is sales rep, whether that is customer service, gender, it does not matter. Your value goes far beyond those roles. And sometimes in your role, you will struggle. You will have a hard time. And if your identity is associated with the hard time you're having in that role, it can carry your emotions to a state of depression that ultimately inhibits your life and causes a vicious cycle to make you spiral out of control. So I absolutely love that book. Even though it's a sales book, it is very much a leadership book. When you're considering that chapter one can unlock a key for your people to understand their own value beyond the role itself. The role is just the role. 
the value goes way beyond it. So best leadership books. That's the first one that I'll mention. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go into another couple books and uh, just kind of give a highlight on them. And then when we get to, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll pull one up to the top. I put them in the order of which I've read, so I'll, I'll name them uh, real quick. And there's other books too that I did not put on this. We did this kind of fast today. Um, one Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard, Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard, Peak by Chip Conley. Um, it's like Raving Fans on steroids, by the way. Uh, Relationships 101 by John Maxwell, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, and The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. So I'm going to, for a minute, pull up The Five Dysfunctions of a Team <clears throat> to the top, and we're going to expound on that first chapter of the R versus the I, the role versus the identity, because as part of the basic training process for joining our team at First Class Business, our team members learn that lesson from my perspective. We don't necessarily get the book, but they learn it from my perspective of teaching it. And then they go and they teach it to others. That's a big part. They learn it, then they apply it and go and teach it. Um, and if they don't pass it, they go back and they do it again. Um, you know, and sometimes they go back and do it again multiple times. Um, but you guys have been to that process with that. What was it? Was it that valuable? Was it not? I mean, do I, am I overhyping this? What, what do you, and it's okay if I am. What do you guys feel about that particular lesson? Uh, I go, I go. Uh, well, actually, Jackson, that, that was a pretty cool part of training because uh, <clears throat> it's really inter interest how you ask yourself, like, all right, I know what's my identity, but I need to make sure I know how to explain this to people. And I need to make sure that I'm pretty sure exactly what's my identity. And also, when you talk about role, you put yourself in your life or in your job. You say like, all right, what's my role? And it needs to be linked to my personal life as well. So for example, in, in my case, I want to share today as well, uh, what's my identity and my role right here. So my role in life is to serve uh, other people. It doesn't matter uh, how I can help, but that's my role. And my identity is to be a good person. That's it, right? But when we talk about uh, my job and my principles as well i will say that uh, my identity here in first class business is to be a leader grow up continuously as a leader teach my team how to be a leader and uh continue growing the business as well that's my role in my identity so yeah you mind if i provide some feedback for you absolutely on that you're so close to understanding the principle you're close but the way you framed it showed me that you're still you still have some to learn and it would be helpful perhaps to get the book and read that first chapter <clears throat> the goal of the book is to separate your identity from your role they're no longer attached and intertwined because right. your your identity is an it's intrinsic value you are priceless just for existing you don't have to do anything to be valuable. Nothing. You just are valuable because you're a human being. You have love within you. You have a light within you. Nobody can ever take that away from you. No matter how bad you are at a role, right? I don't know. Have you ever played basketball in your life? 
Uh, I'm too short for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so probably, probably not. So you'd probably be terrible, um, right? At basketball, if we were to put you in a professional environment, right? To play with a professional team, you'd probably get crushed. But that's your role. That's not your identity, right? And when we learn to completely separate the two, right? It doesn't matter how bad we do at our role anymore. It doesn't matter. It matters from the sake of our role, but it does not affect our identity as being valuable because we're valuable in spite of however our role is going. And that's that's really what the, the book tries to convey, what I'll continue to try to convey is that your your role as a father, you know, your, not in your ear case, your role as a fiance, um, you know, that it while yes, of course, it's important to be the best fiance that you can in the days where you're not and you're tired or hungry and selfish, um, you know, because we all get there. Your identity is still pure and it's not affected. So hold your head high, get back on your horse and make sure that you maximize your role based on having that firm belief in yourself that you are valuable. What about you, Jaime? Yeah, I, I like you got the cheat codes. I'd like to add, um, for example, roles may change. Like they're yeah. constantly changing. You're constantly, constantly different types of roles. And you have to be aware of that. And your identity is always going to be that deepness that will make you unique and that will make you valuable. And mm -hmm. that is really important, understanding that you are also in a position where it's constantly evolving. And you're not going to always be or always have that specific identity, although it is valuable, you it may change and it may morph as you as you continue to grow, as you learn new things, as you definitely learn more about yourself, that identity will continue to be even more valuable, not just to you, but to those that surround you. But your role at some points may be fixed or maybe ever changing because you may be a dad in the morning and then you have to go into that a role of a sales manager or go into that role of a project manager or be the salesperson. So it, it's it's definitely forever changing that role. But as long as you are able to distinguish both of them and give them the value that they're supposed to have, that you're you're definitely winning in life. So I, I, I consider that to be an always evolving uh, uh an always involving aspect and it's important for you first of all to identify yourself find that identity and then also manage your roles as you're supposed to don't bring those roles into other spheres of your life where it won't be of value i love it beautiful quote i quoted you on it i spelt more from it is what it is um <laughs> find it um but yes your identity may change. I th I think this is one of those instances where um, hyperbole may serve well here. I, our identity does change, I would venture to say. Um, as a non-scientist, non-perfect human being, I would say it's a pretty constant uh, reality. This is also based on the concept of, not, you know, the, the yoga word, namaste, um, is, has the same meaning, according According to the book, feelings buried alive never die. Fan transformation, overcoming trauma. Um, 
that uh, that book teaches that aloha and namaste mean the same thing. And it means my soul honors your soul, right? So I honor you for who you are and I honor myself and I honor change, right? So even, and I'm perfect the way I am, you're perfect the way you are and change is perfect, change for the better, right? And so we've got the opportunity to constantly be upgrading who we are, how we are showing up in the world, forgiving ourselves again of, of what we may do wrong, but recognizing there's this beautiful opportunity that is is holistic in life to continue to uh, to transform who we are. So namaste, aloha, similar concepts to what you said. I'm really glad you added that, Jaime. Um, so moving to the next book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. He got some massive airtime on that, by the way. Um, but I, and I'm glad because I absolutely love this book. This is a required mandatory reading for every single person who joins first class business. It is so important because it is, it's life altering. It will shift the way that you, you see corporate interactions and business interactions and how to work with a team because it's built based on championship level principles. And there's very few people in the world who've actually been on and actually participated in a championship level team. And therefore, you're not going to have most people abiding by these concepts and, and how this type of infrastructure and this type of collaboration works. You, you really have to learn those principles in order to become that. And this book does an excellent job of articulating how you can transform an organization from a dysfunctional team to a high performance championship level team. Gentlemen, go ahead. I'll let you lead on this one. Now that I've described the book, go ahead. Uh, so this this book is amazing. I hadn't read it before I came here. I actually I think it was during my interview that you actually told me about the the effective executive, and you also told me about the five dysfunctions of a team. And and when you told me that, I started reading first the five dysfunctions, and and it's it's such a great book. I mean, if if you're building teams, you have to read this book because it will allow you to have what I said before a transparent team that is not. Uh, that that has the clarity to speak at the tough moments and say things without uh, without any fear. So you're able to move your teams forward, and you're able to share in full transparency everything that may be going on, and that will help you build a really really strong team that is able to move mountains basically because you have that certainty within you and that confidence to be able to be uh, uh, just just say whatever you think and and just knowing that everything is coming from a good place that wants to move your company forward or your business forward. So um, that that's my main take. Um, I don't know if Emmanuel wants to add Love to it. that as well. Well, I wanted to add like the five the five points that are just mentioning the book right also uh, first uh point will be the the absence of trust right uh the second will be fear of conflict uh tier one will be lack of commitment four one will be avoidance of accountability and find um, in attention of to results how do you pronounce that in a, in in attention, attention to results in attention to results yeah so uh, but, uh, you were fairly inattentive to that word, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm teasing you. 
I, I know. <laughs> so uh, there you go. We have also the 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 images. So absence of trust. Uh, when team members are not comfortable being vulnerable uh, with one other and do not trust each other's intentions, it becomes difficult to build healthy relationship. Uh, that's something that that we have in common situations in companies, right? The absence of trust, and we need to make sure we are just uh, working on build strong relationships uh, where we are able to to manage and speak. Uh, as Jackson mentioned some minutes ago about what Leonardo did. That's something that we need to do and that we're creating in our company and we currently have. Uh, fear of conflict, we have teams that are afraid to engage in productive, healthy, or conflict. Uh, they are unable to reach creative solutions uh, to the problems that we may have. So that may stack us in, in, an, in a product pattern of behaviors. So what it means, guys, is that uh, we're just... Uh, we're... We have fear to speak about what it's going on. We have any difficult with someone, uh, with the leader, with the partner. We need to be able to speak clear and loud so we are able to uh, to solve any any problem. And that's something that we need to make sure we do. The lack of commitment, it's the um, <laughs> that we need to make sure. I'm going to pause you a little bit, Emmanuel, but this is great because it shows your dedication to the book. It shows how much this book means to you. And it, we're going to let people take the book on themselves and, and learn about it. I want to make sure that people are clear. Like we are giving credit to Patrick Lencioni on this. This is one of the best ways we could possibly honor him is to actually design our own version around it and instill in our culture so much that we we absolutely re revere the author um, and what he's been able to unlock for us. He's got other books too that I'm excited to be diving into and read. One that my business partner, Dean, has read. I could see us contacting Patrick Lencioni in the near future and being like, hey, we want you on Vision Pros Live. I can also see us contacting him and saying, hey, we want to work together on things. We just know that these concepts are, are so amazing. That's why I was willing to dedicate financial uh, resources and time to building this out. And also why I wanted to showcase what you see on your screen. I'm going to zoom back out to the beginning of it. Notice all the comments over on the right-hand side in Spanish. Um, that's me saying I we need to take this design to an entirely new level um, and saying we're going to change this, we're going to change this, we're going to change this, we're going to change this. These are the posters for the hallways of first-class business. Um, these are what we're going to help our team understand. We lock in on these principles. This is how we will become the championship level organization that we know we can build at a very large level and how we will inspire our team members that join us to participate. Now we are over time uh, a little bit and we, we could keep going again. I'll, I'll just really quickly rattle through those other books. Again, Emmanuel already showed you though. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Now the one minute manager poster that we created based on the one minute game plan. Um, absolutely. I love it. It's one of the first things that helped propel me towards becoming a better manager and a better team member for knowing how to deal with conflict when necessary, also how to define when conflict should be um, addressed and how to praise people when they won. Raving fans helped me learn how to lead my prospects, lead my clients, create a culture of absolute loyalty from those who are buying from us. Um, Peak by Chip Conley, put that on steroids. He's got a much more sophisticated version. I highly recommend reading One Minute Manager Raving Fans first. And then if you feel the need or desire for operational sake, go into Peak, 
Chip Conley is masterful at breaking down how to create a great environment for your employees, your customers, your investors based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is a brilliant masterpiece of a book. Then there's Relationships 101 by John Maxwell, and it goes back to the basics. It's an easy short read. It's super powerful, reminds you to be a very good human um, in very eloquent terms. And you read it and you're almost like, oh my gosh, like, how did I not know all of this already? Um, you know, it's like, wow, this really can inspire you. The E-Myth is one of my absolute favorite books. Um, not that all these aren't, but this is this is possibly the, the top of the list these days. Um, Rocket Fuel builds quite well on the E-Myth. Um, I'm a big fan of what Gino Wickman's put out there in Rocket Fuel and helping define the visionary versus the integrator and how they work together. Um, and then the effective executive, as Jaime pointed out, for a long time, I called this the Bible of business for me, um, you know, as an executive. And now, you know, re reaching the levels that I have, <clears throat> I would say it's a very good section of that. But the E-Myth um, is, is my favorite book um, out, of, out of these books that we're listing here. Of course, there is the literal Bible um, and then religious works like the Book of Mormon, the Quran and others that have uh, every right to have master, masterful impact in our lives. So thanks for joining us for Vision Pros today. Um, Jaime and Emmanuel, um, do you have anything else you want to share within 30 seconds as we wrap up? I do, I do. Um, Jackson, I, I, want, I think that this question is going to inspire a lot of people. So if you can just uh, help us out with this. Uh, when did you realize you wanted to be a leader? I mean, absolutely. You grow up becoming a leader, learning things, but when did you realize about that? Yep. Oh, for me? Are you asking for me? Yes, of course. Oh, man. I'll, I'll, you're going to love this answer. I think everybody will. Um, I realized I wanted to be a leader long before I was ever ready or qualified to be a leader. And that's probably one of the things that hurt me most. I was put into leadership positions, too, because I was very talented with a lot of things. And I was a horrible leader. I was leading the way because I was the best. But nobody could relate to me because I was the best. And I was like, well, if you're not the best, you need to pick it up. Dang it. Like, you know, it's like your fault. We're struggling. That's not good leadership. You know, that's awful leadership. I had to learn a very painful process. Uh, it wasn't until <clears throat> the end of my mission in Uruguay where I hadn't been selected to be a leader, even though my mission president called me one of the top five, you know, his, his starting five out of the hundreds of missionaries that he had. Um, and, you know, I was excited about that because that's what I was dedicated towards. But I began to realize at the end of my mission that he hadn't made me a leader. And I had been a trainer a couple, a number of times. But <clears throat> I started to think, you know what? I don't really care about the other missionaries. I just cared about the people. If you don't want to be on the mission, I don't want to babysit you. Um, and so I had to learn to let my you and realize, you know what? It kind of would be great to be a leader. And maybe I would be more effective as a missionary, too if I took the time to train other missionaries how to be better missionaries. So that started the process, <clears throat> but it wasn't until um, going through my first divorce, where as I was going through that process, I realized I hadn't ever tried to be the best husband in the world. I had always tried to be the best dad. And I had been a good husband, but I had not tried to be the best as a husband. And I was watching Tony Robbins. I'm not your guru when I realized that. And, you know, I realized, you know what, from today moving forward, I, I need to dedicate myself to that. Then I was riding around a track and uh, I was on my last lap. And normally I would like slow down on the last lap. And I thought of LeBron James and I was like, 
what would LeBron James do? Um, you know, and he'd book it, you know, he'd crush his own record, even though nobody's watching, he'd go all out. So I went all out on that last lap and just crushed it. Um, and I, and as I was, you know, I crushed it, I ran through the finish line and another like 20, 30 yards as fast as I could, just to make sure that I did not have any ounce of slowing down. And I had this feeling like, whoa, that's what it feels like to be LeBron James. That's what it feels like to be Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and all these, these world-class athletes and leaders who absolutely want to give their best effort, regardless of who else is out there. That was one of my greatest transformations. It wasn't when I realized I wanted to be a leader. It was when I realized I needed to change myself. I needed to work on myself to become a truly great leader, be the best leader that I could be, where I started to unlock the, the realities that would shape my ability to maximize my life. That's ultimately when I found a, a very strong, sincere sense of peace um, and prosperity in the process. I'll always be happy with my life as long as I stay true to those principles. So Manuel, thanks for, for adding to that. We are quite a bit over now. Jaime, do you have any final thoughts though to respect the fact that you're I here? I don't, I don't, I'm all good. <clears throat> I hope all right, people man. out there are all good. And as always just inviting visionary leaders and, and, and people to come on and share their stories. Absolutely. If you're a visionary leader, um, you know, if you're a leader and you want to come on to this podcast with us and collaborate, feel free to uh, drop a comment. Let us know or reach out to us. We're happy to help you at First Class Business. We're happy to help you um, on Health at Able Health. We're happy to help you um, explore your vision further as Vision Pros as well. And PassionPro.org. Um, if you're looking for your passions, you're trying to figure out in life how to live harmoniously and find your purpose. Uh, we're here for you on all those accounts. Um, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Everybody have a great day. And Thank you, Vision Pros, for tuning in. Everybody take care. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention. And